Welcome to Geeks On, a show created by geeks for geeks, covering topics that geeks like to talk about. This week, it's Geeks On Marriage in Geekdom. For more information and news about our podcast, go to our website at www.geekson.com. Hey! Hello, my geeklings! Welcome to Geeks On. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another fine episode of Geeks On. It feels like it's been so long. With special guest host... Mindy Foreman. Hello. That's, that's right. Now, it feels, to me, it feels like it's so long overdue. It's so nice to introduce Mindy to our geek listeners. Yeah, man. Mindy is, Mindy is an OG, an original geek. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> and she's I on the other side of the, well, mid. Mid. She mid, used to be on the other okay. side of the world. Yeah. yeah. She went away to Costa Rica so for three years. We are piping her in via Skype. Yes. In fact, we might as well do uh, do introductions now. My name is Aaron Hendricks, and I'm a geek here at Geeks On. Uh, my name is Donald Marshall. I am a I am now a film developer here in sunny Hollywood, and I too am a geek. New title. Oh, awesome job! Man. Thank you. Congratulations. Nicely done. Yay. Uh, my name is Matt King. I'm a writer, actor, director here in Los Angeles, and I too am a geek. Uh, my name is Mindy Foreman, and I do a little bit of everything. I'm kind of an editor, writer. Oh, you name it, uh, and a big geek, and I'm uh, skyping in from Denver. Woohoo! Nice to Welcome. have you, Mindy. Mindy, and introduce me to Mindy is an early adopter geek. So, if it, like like Aaron, she is an early adopter geek. So she she introduced me to many things that were geeky. Mindy, you're the one that uh, was into that book series where the gal travels in time and there's some SMN ship. Uh, Outlander, that. yes, that, that right? happens <laughs> once. <laughs> Didn't yes. she like bang around with some chains and whips and stuff? It's going to be a TV show on Stars uh, now. Oh yeah. my goodness! No, no, I think you're confusing your your chick series. But oh. yeah, the, the Outlander series by Diana Gabaldon. And if you have not read it, and I don't think. Any of the three of you has Matt. You said you bought it for your wife, so no, I bought copy. it. I read it. I read Ow. the first. I read the first two, and then I lost interest. Huh. Yeah, apparently, the whips and chains just weren't enough for him. No, He's into harder core like, stuff. Yeah, exactly. There's no whips and chains. Oh, I thought there was. Well, S- that's S- why I didn't hold his interest. I thought there was some S and M stuff. There's male rape at the end of the first. Hey, spoiler alert! I thought that would have kept you. Yeah, sorry. That's That's not the same thing. That's not the same. Well, you know, I've got my chick. Something I don't know. Where did I get that? I yeah. I think from what are the, you reading? The, the deep gray, recesses. Maybe? Aaron, I don't know. Is there another book series <laughs> well, that you read you that has? Have, I'm afraid of your bookshelf. You do have Bad Girls Need Love too here. Sitting I on do your couch. on my couch. Pleasure yourself with Pulp Fiction. <laughs> that yeah. sounds like it would chafe. <laughs> yes, I do have. Address. I have a naughtier book on Sorry. on the. Uh, that that explains the paper cuts. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's actually a really pretty cover. More historical fiction, and it. Is set in uh, 18th century Scotland, and it kind of goes through, um, I think, the American Revolution. Um, so, if you're you're a history geek, you will enjoy it. it there's time travel and a little bit of uh, the the supernatural. So, those of you who like that will also enjoy it. Um, Does she only it, travel it not once? Does she no. only travel once? Oh no, once? no, no, no! Or she no, jumps no. around? No, no, she's well, she's spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. There's more there, than, there's, there's more than read the books. No, Mindy is one of the more voracious readers I know. I mean, I I trust her tastes implicitly. Yeah, thank you, Tom. That's how we Absolutely. bonded over Robert Jordan when we first met. <laughs> you read Robert Jordan? I read Robert 
ride Robert Jordan. Ooh. <laughs> I about keeled over when I asked you if you ride Robert Jordan. Yeah, true. <laughs> so how are your geek weeks? Well. Go ahead. Can we talk about Cosmos? I haven't seen it oh. yet. Oh, you haven't? I've been swamped. Well, what are there, spoilers? What are we talking about? I only, I only got <laughs> to the first the, You're not allowed to tell me anything about what it's Cosmos like, gives away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it kind of goes through a story that's 200 billion years old. Spoilers! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We've had time. What did uh, you think? Come on. I thought so. By the, this recording, there was only the first episode. Right. I was very worried. Okay. I was excited and worried. Okay. Um... And I thought it was really good. I thought it was really good. I thought they handled it quite well. I love who put it together. And I didn't realize that Andrewian is the main writer. And, right. You know, so um, I actually thought it was very good, but very heavy handed in, in certain ways. And I really heavy felt... Heavy handed in what way? Um, very specifically... Carl Sagan was um, about being inclusive and drawing you into a world that was wider and more amazing than you knew. They had that. That mm-hmm. was definitely there. But they also very, very specifically went out and said almost outright. I know what you're going to say. Creationism is bullshit. No. And, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Of course they yeah. did. It's a science. No, ab- absolutely, absolutely. No, they <laughs> almost came out with creation is bu- bullshit, and church people are evil. Okay. Now, I would not put it that way, but I will say they did a great job. They are obviously making a comment. They historically, through cheeky animation, actually the animation, though I got at first cringed, I thought was well done. Mm-hmm. They told the story of persecution of scientists. Right. Or, or uh, one least, scientist. One, uh, one very, scientist. One but scientist. It, what, they're, what they're getting at is, guess what? <laughs> this is what's still happening today. Right. But, that was very obvious. Uh, but here's so, my thing, was that the cartoon style that they used, mm-hmm. where they have the evil pope with the dark eyes and the three monks behind him with the dark mm-hmm. eyes coming in, was... To me, exactly the same thing that bad Christian. Um, yeah, they like, burned like, somebody. You know exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's chick it felt exactly like a chick track, except in reverse. Except for it was all true. They burned kind of, a dude at the like stake for Python thinking something. Right. That may be Sorry. absolutely true. What did you say, Mindy? No, I said it sounded like the Monty Python animation, except they were taking themselves seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What they it was stylized. Right. Absolutely. And but regardless this is what I'm of saying. it being true or not, I think I get where Matt's coming this from. This is what I'm saying. Was that the right place? This for is it? the first episode of something that you want to bring more viewers to your table. And what you're going to do is, I mean, I was watching it with my four year old. Mm-hmm. Right. She got scared out of her mind. <laughs> Right. By this whole sequence, it scared her to pieces. If your object is to bring new science, remember, every time you tell any origin story, any pilot of any series, that is the first time somebody is seeing those ideas ever. Be it the first time Spider Man gets right. bit by the spider. You know, that's Stan Lee's old adage is every comic is somebody's first comic. Right. right? Now, would you say they shouldn't have addressed that at all in the series? Or just Absolutely wait? not. Third episode, fifth episode, <laughs> fine. So, so you're saying... Lee I would actually disagree with you. I, okay. I would say that this is not necessarily the place to make a, a confrontational argument. Right. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is not an argument space. This right. is an educational space. Right. Well, they were, very, they were very... And they were, the, the story of this man is very clearly... This is a guy who was an adamant Catholic 
and was a monk and who believed in an infinite universe. Who and believed, an infinite God. And an infinite God. And who believed that... that oh, this segment was specifically a biography about someone. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, basically... Okay, I my statement. And was saying basically very clearly what you are... Um, hey, Cambridge. Hey, the Vatican. Hey, every other, you know... Church group who is possibly looking at the idea of God, your idea of God is too small, and you know, and because that's it, what he said exactly. And this is yeah. this is mu- a much vaster concept, sure. right? Great concept, not first episode material for me. Yeah. I felt like it was it was it was it was disinclusive, non-inclusive, whatever whatever that I mean, is. The same token, though, I mean, with a lot of these things, I think like obviously this is Catholics you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah very very I think, clear. You know, the Catholic stance on science. Is, is a complicated one. They often get shafted when Absolutely. you look at them in a microcosm mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah. Well, you know, uh, maybe I guess. Um, but, you know, everything that was mentioned in that episode would tweak somebody out in the, you know. Absolutely. In, it is absolutely true. Absolutely. Fact, it's, it's true. Why not? But why don't we go into flesh-eating bacteria and show somebody getting eaten by flesh-eating bacteria? Oh, no, that's, that's episode four. That's just as much yeah. true. It just so happens. I have a... <laughs> Mindy, uh, yeah. I don't know if you can hear this, but uh, I read this. Um, there's actually video of this. The uh, There's an Oklahoma news channel, uh, so a news oh. station, who... In quote, air quote. I'm doing air quotes right mm-hmm. here. By mistake, um, oh, they cut out the evol- cut out the evolution portion yeah. of Cosmos with in, this in OKC. Yeah, yeah, with this. Uh, oh, they, they did it in the show. I heard they in, did it in a promo. Oh no, 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 the no. they is- used the promo. So it's like so. Um, so uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson does a wonderful thing where he says, "This is the history of the universe as told on one year's worth of the calendar." So if the Big Bang is January 1st, right, and where we are is, you know, December 31st, where do humans show up? And so he's like, humans show up December. at December 31st, 11 p.m. Hey, new in Fox News. Fox News is coming. They do their whole promo. And then it comes out and he goes, and that's where humans are. Really? Yeah. Nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, <laughs> now it was that a... That was an Oklahoma City state. Okay, OK, see, yeah. They're yeah, supposedly, it's a, you know, the, the blue spot in Oklahoma. Well, <laughs> wow. listen, it could have been a mistake. I'm just saying it, <laughs> it was out of all the states and all the... Interesting timing on that Interesting mistake. timing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, oh, no. the, the first episode very... The first episode really actually kind of took the same format as the first episode of the original one. Yeah. They kind of covered the same thing. I thought it was... The special effects were pretty damn amazing. Um, and I thought it was way better than I was expecting, actually. Yeah. And, you know, Neil deGrasse has always been kind of cheeky and sometimes funny. He didn't... They, he was on script. Yeah, he was he, on script. He's no Carl Sagan. Like, he did, wasn't speaking in that poetry. Right. But okay, it's but fine. I felt and uh, I felt like Andrean was channeling a little bit of Carl. There, there was some you know? dialogue from the first. I could yeah, hear it definitely. in in there. So you know, I'm excited to see what else yeah. they do. And Neil deGrasse Tyson give a little ode at the end of it to spoilers to um, to Carl Sagan, who I guess when Neil deGrasse was 17 years old or younger, wrote a letter to Carl Sagan uh, and said, "Look, I love Cosmos. I love what you do." And he invited him 
to come to his university and gave him a signed book and and took him oh, to, to see awesome. his oh, astronomy. Cool. And, and it was really about this man handed me a torch and I'm keeping it lit. And I really felt like that was wonderful. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if he's having lunch with another little kid right now handing hey, him a signed book. I hope. I hope. He's an amazing human being. And well, huge. I hadn't realized the, the dream team kind of behind setting this up. You know, I, I was surprised to see that Seth MacFarlane was one of the executive producers. Yeah, birth, yeah, um, yeah, poop and but fart But also, jokes. you know, Brandon Braga from, from Star Trek. Star Trek. I saw that, yeah. the episode and that, that Alan Silvestri did the music who, you know, he did Forrest Gump, he did the Avengers, he did Captain America. I mean, there, this is a, yeah. this is a big budget. Kinda. Yeah, but trust me, it's no Vangelis. <laughs> me t- like I was missing Vangelis when How that. How were you missing Vangelis? Are you of kidding me? You were missing it's Vangelis. Like the the opening the opening is just like by the way the opening of uh, Voyager, like it was almost the same opening sequence. <laughs> I, I actually did have the Star Trek thought a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. I love yeah. the Melody Sheep recuts of the uh, of the vo- of the Cosmos uh, monologues. Have you heard those on YouTube? No. Oh, you mean the uh, the the Sagan uh, Sagan Chronicles? Yeah, yeah, but he's done that with a couple of the different uh, a couple of the different monologues from Cosmos. Yes, I listen YouTube. to them all the time. Yeah, on YouTube, he's taken different clips from Cosmos and recut them in these sort of different techno songs. And oh, I haven't beautiful. heard that one. Beautiful, they're <laughs> beautiful. Wow. All right. Anybody else have Geek Week stuff? Go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I have started a new job, so uh, you may have noticed in the intro, I am no longer a video game professional, although I, I have some spillover. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so now I am working in film development. So uh, I'm going out. I'm still So you can doing... pitch your scripts to Don at GeeksOn.com. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> okay, yeah. Within half an hour of making that announcement, I had three different properties in my inbox. Did you really? Yeah, three That's different funny. properties, and my dad sent me three different properties and mentioned oh, no. with a casual little smile in his in his little email oh, that a, a finder's fee would be appropriate if I used any of them. So, uh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to my world. Oh, so, no. uh, you can now get free drinks at any bar yeah, in Los free Angeles. Free drinks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to wait for the business cards to show up before that starts <laughs> happening. But uh, Yeah, you're going to get a lot of mileage off those business cards. Oh, yeah. That should oh, be yeah. fun. <laughs> but, uh yeah, so it's uh, I'm still getting settled in and figuring things out, the lay of the land and stuff. So slow geek week, but oh yeah, uh, with the number of things I have to read right now, uh, let's just say uh, my DVR is full to bursting. Every time yeah. I come in the front door, my roommate looks at me going like, "You got to watch something." Because <laughs> I can't it's record. Full. Anything. I can't record anything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but uh, by the way, have you have you officially given up on uh, the shield? Officially, the shield? Anybody- yeah, I gave up on the shield. Okay. Oh, you mean. Agents, Agents of Shield. Oh, sorry, I keep doing that. Agents <laughs> yeah, the Shield, Shield I gave up on a long time ago, dude. <laughs> oh. yeah. That's too bad because that's what back when it gave up on back when it went off the air. Yeah, yeah. Gave I up feel on like that. is Agents of Shield doing well? I, I think it must be. I don't. Agents it, of I Shield is doing well. Um, they've ABC recently well, done a major overhaul. They're trying to. Um, they're bringing a lot of superheroes. No, they're trying to make some major changes in the really? show right now. That means that they weren't um, doing well. Uh. <laughs> well, I mean. Uh, they they've they've gotten to the point in the show where they can start taking fan feedback and make changes. That's what shows do. Well, there's um, nothing like quality art by getting fan feedback and changing <laughs> it to, to what the uh, hey, watchers Worf want. Worf worked. You put in yeah, Worf. All they just put. I thought you meant changing his hair. Shows don't. No, 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 no. Putting no, Worf, I know, putting Worf on suck. putting Worf on. Deep I can Space tell on. you. Uh, I can tell you. Breaking Bad didn't take a poll. 
Breaking I can tell Bad you, was, true, true Detective doesn't take polls. I can tell you all the best shows on television didn't okay. take a poll. Yeah, but I, Breaking I, Bad I, also wasn't popular until like its fourth or fifth season. Well, yeah. And then everybody just binge-watched, caught up, and then, and they went, and wow, then it was, it was amazing. Popular. But, like, I mean, think, it, it, it would have been considered a struggling show had it been on any other network. Oh, yeah, Breaking sure. Bad also wasn't a four-quadrant. Oh, sure. I totally agree with all drama. those things. Yeah, major network shows have to pivot with their fan base. Yes. Well, that's why we that's don't watch those shows, do <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I'm still watching it. Um, it's, it Man. is what it is. Yeah. It is what it is. It's better than most network shows. Right, okay. Okay. You know? Is um, it better than Alphas? No. Wow. No, I, I liked season two of Alphas. Season two more. of Alphas was was yeah. astonishing. But I told you when I hit season two you of did. Alphas, like it, they, it was like they had a bug in my living room. Yeah, they just did everything I told them to do. <laughs> everything. This Mind- is why you're now in development. Yes. <laughs> uh, Mindy, you watch any geek shows? Uh, you know, my my geek um, like two months has been ridiculously slow with the whole international move and buying a house and buying a car. Um, the last thing we we binge watched was Breaking Bad, which while not geeky was was awesome. Yes. Um, I did uh, read a book series lately, which unfortunately Don has already been optioned by another studio. But have you guys read no. the? The Wool series by Hugh Howey. Yeah, yes, yes. I have actually it's finished lovely. that series. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. It was awesome. Mm, um, really, so that's really been fun. my one geeky thing that I've managed to fit in. Incidentally, with the, I uh, the life stuff. I was only beaten to that that option on that by a couple weeks. Oh no! <laughs> wow. Yeah, because oh, it's gonna it will it'll make such great. It's gonna make a great a show or a great or film series. Yeah, or whatever they do with it. I think yeah, a film I mean, would actually work. Has anybody seen that? That there's Constantine is turning into a TV show. Good. That'd yeah, because be they botched that movie. I'm so sorry, really? They botched it. I still love so many parts of that film. Well, because yeah, I, I love mean, the if book. You edit around the actual character Constantine <laughs> in that movie. Tilda Swinton is amazing. Yeah, Tilda Swinton. The, Swint is the devil no is outstanding. Argue. No one's going to argue. Everything. About Tilda I, actually, I really love the plot of the film. I yeah. love where it goes. Yeah. Um, some of the effects are absolutely insane. But if you're going to do Constantine, you should be doing a series. You really yeah. shouldn't have done a one-shot movie. It doesn't yeah. quite work. It's mm-hmm. cool. I started reading uh, – my, my cousin sent me this huge schlock of books that I could read with on my iPad. And I started reading um, Robin uh, Robin Hobb, I guess it is. No. Yes? Hobb, right? I think. Yes? Yeah. Assassin's something? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it was like uh, – you know, it used to be have Assassin's Quest back in the day, all these mm-hmm. different things. And I, I haven't read these books since I was 16 or 17 when, when basically – I was reading a story about a young assassin who's 16 or 17. He's a bastard son, and he's going through all these trials and travails as he tries to navigate this kingdom. I picked this book series up, and I start. Pick, I was like, oh, I read this first series. I read it ages ago. I'll read this next series. This next series, I don't know when he wrote it, is about a late 30s guy, and it's the same character from the first one. Oh. But now he's in his late 30s, and he's dealing with being late 30s and all the things and having to deal with his trials and travails. And now I'm reading as as somebody who's in their late 30s. It's very odd. Yeah, it's you're just, like you're keeping up with the character. Exactly, it's just incredibly odd to be in the character's same head. Like really, <laughs> like, like <laughs> somewhat weird. And so I've had this sort of simpatico relationship with this hmm. thing. And I went back and finished Batman. By the way, you know, because the game crapped out on me halfway, three quarters. Oh, of the way Batman through. Arkham yeah. uh, or, or Origins. Yeah. Did you see the new? Uh, did you see the new the trailer? Uh, the new trailer for the new Batman. Yes. What do you think? Well, the trailers yet. have always been amazing. The problem is, is whether it's going to be the exact same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I hope. I'm hoping they up the ante this the, time. The combat felt the same this game. Like I, everything if anything felt, felt a little scaled back yeah. this game. Yeah, this uh, um, well, they they actually may have turned me from a box kicker. You know how I have to kick open every single box in every single game yeah. I play. They may have actually finally beaten that out of me. Right. They just tortured you with. Yeah. Unlimited. Well, it was infinite. unlimited amount number of things, and I got every single one of them. Mm-hmm. I did. I opened up every single box in the game, and the final reward for opening up and getting into the Riddler's room, and you finally get to the Riddler. Yeah. Is this spoiler right? alert? It doesn't matter. Okay. Is you finally get in there, you get a trophy because you're in a prequel from the next game. What? It's a tiny little question mark you, trophy. You're kidding. That's it. Oh, so that would have that would have made me rip shit. I mean, I thought you like got to, you got to fight the the Riddler. Yeah, I would have you expected to, a you know, fight and a cutscene. Yeah, those the, I would have expected both of those things. No, oh no, <laughs> no, wow. we would have no. had words. But that said, I I have to say there were some story elements from this game, uh, from the new uh, Batman Origins, Origins that I thought were actually very clever. Um, I like the crime scene stuff. I know the they, crime scene stuff was excellent. They, they yep. tried to. I think they should have been a little bit more. Uh, I, th- I wanted to have to figure it out. You didn't have to figure out anything. You just had to go through the motions. I wish there was a little bit more impact on the game. There, yes. a little there bit more actually too. is. Um, one of the things that, but but they don't. They didn't. They didn't include it in the main gameplay. Yes, that's uh, what right? I mean. And and it's and it's unfortunate. What you do yeah. by the end of it, G- uh, Gordon has this sort of nah, feel with you, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Like you go from being being nemesis to sort of which, the, by the to, way, to is the only on. origin part of this yeah. story. Oh, absolutely. Is the Gordon? Well, actually, yeah, because he, he shows part. up with more weapons than he actually has in the next film. But um, what's interesting is after that. There's this thing that happens throughout the game where um, where various police officers will call in and say, hey, we got a blah, blah, blah over on this street. And mm-hmm. if you go over there, you can break up an incident or, you know, do a Gordon calls you and he's like, hey, my daughter gave me this line and I really don't want to do this, but this has got to happen outside of the law. Mm-hmm. And it's a great mini yeah. story. Yeah. And I was like, why was that not you included what, in the main? That was buggy. And when mm. I went through all the crime things, that failed to trigger for me. Oh. Turns out that was a really popular bug that a lot of people didn't get. Huh. Really pissed me off. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you, you end up with one villain that you're missing yep. at the very end Big of it. one villain missing. Yeah. Couldn't do it unless yeah, I wanted to play all the way through the game again. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, no. no. Not going to do it. But, uh, but as far as like, the other story stuff goes... The origins of uh, the Joker's fascination and pseudo, like pseudo sexual fascination with Batman, mm-hmm. was beautifully yeah, executed. Really cool. And his talking through it with Harley, yeah, and Harley thinking about thinking that he's he talking, talking about to her, her, yeah, was beautifully executed. Was really cool. That was wonderful. So like, there mm. were really some beautiful moments in that game. Yeah, but that's you know? the writing part. They need to now figure out the game mechanics. That not going to disagree. Sh- yeah, that yeah. that not evolve evolve it because. Yeah. Listen, that Batman that has one some of the best fighting yeah. sequences, in and a that's video one game. of the biggest problems in video games right now is that they're still perceiving video games as being vehicles for cinematic storytelling, mm-hmm. right. and they are not they're not really hiring innovative uh, game designers mm-hmm. in AAA games. Well, it's scary. They're not. It's scary yeah. for them. You know. You know. I mean, the really the the few innovative game designers are celebrities. Yeah. At this point. Well, and they're also, you know, a lot of these indie games are doing a yeah. lot of that, and hopefully they'll yeah. creep up 
But by the way, did you f- game designers are afraid to poach from that area? Right. You right. saw that The Last of Us got a movie deal, right? Yes. Oh, I'm yeah. shocked. I'm so incredibly shocked. <laughs> I'm not really. You mean a video game that made some money got a movie deal? Yeah, really? Right. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. Well, uh, one with a good plot. Really? <laughs> we can only hope. Can you hear the crickets? Um, I did download Titanfall. Okay. Which, um, you know, uh, go read a review, but I will have to say it's a pretty fun game. Okay. <laughs> I, I may have to it's like play Xbox a little. It's essentially, I think you can get it, get it on the Xbox as well. Okay. Uh, it's essentially, I, I have it for the Xbox One. It's essentially Halo. <laughs> can you play versus Xbox One players? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's Halo with giant mechs. Yeah. That are fun as hell. They're not slow Matt, mechs. These are Matt, mechs. Wipe your chin. I know. Sorry. Okay. These are mechs that run around just as fast as the first person shooter guys. Oh, so you're sorry. like, you feel like a total badass. And uh, so it's pretty fun. You're actually dehydrating him right now. <laughs> I'm awful in it, by the way. I, I cannot. It's only multiplayer. It's only multiplayer. So you have to play with other people. Uh, and it's just me getting uh, killed over and over and over again. <laughs> Okay, geek news. All right, this isn't really necessary news. I just thought it was probably, and this is actually a couple of weeks old. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Do you know the Outerra game engine? Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's called the Outerra game engine. Um, basically, somebody has designed in this game engine a scale replica of Middle Earth. And they've set it up with. Um, what's the what's the 3D visor that oh the, Oculus Rift with the Oculus Rift, and and you can run around and an omnidirectional um, treadmill. Oh yes, yes, yes. And you can run one to one the whole of Middle Earth. Oh my God! They should have like a marathon where you take the ring and you have to run to Mordor. <laughs> I get to be an Asgol. <laughs> Okay, have you guys read the, the, I was, I was the Tad like, Williams series, um, I think it's called Otherland? Yes. It sounds like it's right out of that. Yeah, like it so totally does sound like it's right out of that. <laughs> yeah, Otherland is, have you ever read Otherland? Uh, no. Marvelous, of, marvelous concept. Speaking of script options, Don, if yeah. you haven't read it. Yeah, bunch fantastic. of kids. Bunch of kids are going to comas. They don't know what. All of them report seeing a giant golden castle in the air before them. Before they mm. do, they were they're basically playing Prop. this three dimensional video game where where you go into the world. This one guy who's the very imagine WoW. He's the very best at WoW in the entire world, and uh, he sees this golden thing. He doesn't go into it, but his character ends up getting killed, and it's the, he's like. <gasps> I lost the most important character. And because of that, he goes on this journey along with a bunch mm. of other people who are trying to find their their children or their sisters or their siblings and trying to find out what's going on with them. I feel but, like... You know, the, but the, the equipment setup is exactly what you described. Yes. You're in this suit, you're in this three-dimensional space, and you're on this thing that moves, and it's, you know, you make... Your body moves, and you move, and it's like the, I feel like we ready, need to hide Easter eggs in it. Ready, ready player, yeah, like Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah the same exactly, thing. Yeah. exactly. Which I feel like we're heading like really, or even quickly. Sword Art Saga, which has also already been optioned, I think. Oh, oh has re- it? Ready Player oh. One. Oh yeah, they've been trying to yeah. figure out. Can you imagine the licensing problem they would have with that movie? Yes. Uh, oh no, that's a nightmare. You'd have that's to license was, the entire eighties. Every product in the eighties would have to be licensed. <laughs> well, how did Wreck-It Ralph do it? Well, they they kind of worked around it. There was only 
only a couple like I think the licenses were all licensed under umbrella contracts. Like mm. they were all owned by individual group by groups. And, and not only that, but some of that stuff was like generic, wasn't it? They weren't all yeah. direct. I mean, they had Q- a lot and of they it had was Zapper and they had yeah. Pac-Man and But had... like I think what they did was they licensed Capcom. Yeah, Capcom know, and, and, oh, and sure. uh, yeah. it covered like 80% of yeah. that and then Atari and other, you know, exactly. Well, there you go. That's half the 80s right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mindy, you have some geek news. What do you got? Um, I do. Well, it's more like two geek tidbits. Um, I, the, like tidbits. the World Wide Web is turning 25. Love it. Make me feel very God, old. Yeah. Wow. Tim Berners-Lee yeah. did, a, did an AMA on Reddit about, hmm. about that, which, is yeah. fa- which was fascinating. Well, and he said um, apparently he, he considered other names for the web, including the mine of information, <laughs> the information mine, and the mesh. The so, mesh. mesh. The mesh the is mesh. cool. The mesh is not bad. I could see the mesh. The um, web's better. I don't know. I think if you, with any title, with either a movie title, a book title, or any title, if you can't say it in a loud bar so that people will understand you, then it's not. You, you know, if you had to go, it's the mesh. And they're like, what? The mesh. It's yeah, a people mesh. People in New York no, think you're mesh. talking about baseball, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we landed on web. Web. Yeah, it's a good good choice. And then he, people asked him, um, what was popular online that he had never even considered, and he he said um, kittens. He was he was surprised at the <laughs> numerous quantities of, of kittens. <laughs> well, and then I heard a follow up story on NPR this morning about um, also you know the web's twenty fifth anniversary, and it was one of the other um, early early. Um, and he wasn't the creator, but you know one of the guys who was involved, and he was saying that they envisioned it as. Um, kind of this place, it would be like five, five million different places that were run by experts where all these people would go and they, they got it completely backwards and they never anticipated that um, all of these, the, the audience would, would create it. Yeah, yeah. That the, the users would, would create all the material. User-generated and they also, content. You know, they, they asked... Well, you know these experts what what people would use the internet for, and it was like, oh, you know research and healthcare and discovery and files, and then like way down at the bottom of the list, there was kittens uh, well, no, but like <laughs> gossip and videos and you know, and he said that list is completely inverted, yeah, yeah, games and, and leisure and yeah exactly games yeah. was one of them. Okay, I don't know yeah. why this crossed my crossed my mind of all the different things that possibly could have come up when you were discussing this, Mindy. But uh, mid '90s, I remember reading uh, Sandman, right? And uh, one of the characters in there, when when all the gods come together in uh, the dreaming, um, one of the go- the minor gods that's fading away because no because she's just not important anymore was Bast, right? Mm-hmm. Because nobody worshipped cats anymore except for the sad old cat ladies, right? But now she's like... Yeah, she's ass. kicking ass and taking Larry. names now. It's like, it would be a whole different world uh, when Neil Gaiman goes back to Sandman now. Hilarious. He is going back, isn't he? Yes, yes. There That's will be news. another another run of Sandman, if I recall correctly. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it'll be a comic or a novel, but he's going back That's to so it. so great. I just, I just read... Um, what was it? Um, Neverwhere and... Um, American Gods and uh, not Angels and, and Demons. Nazi Boys? No, I read that as well. But um, the one he wrote with Pratchett. Oh, uh, uh, 
Oh, Good Omens. Good Omens, thank yeah. you. And Good Omens is just, if you haven't read it, just go read Good Omens. Everybody should have by now, but. Yeah. It's sitting upstairs. Have you read it? No. Too, Come it? on! All right, so Good Omens. I'll put that <laughs> on the <my> list. <laughs> uh, I have some news. Um, this was in the Hollywood Reporter. Um, uh, a sci fi channel. Ha- the Sifi channel has decided that their turn to try to broaden their audience has hurt their brand. And you that, think? And it was a big mistake that apparently it has backfired on them. David Howell says he's going to rectify this and that more sophisticated science fiction is on his horizon. I know they're, he's they're, getting developing, of, they're developing a steampunk show right they're now. Doing, so. They're also got a... Um, a uh, space opera called Ascension, which is a one of those limited six episode okay. event things, which are Good. very popular right now. Uh, hard science fiction, he said. Absolutely, and he, you're going to start seeing less Sharknados. That he is he's shucks. Like, he wants to turn I mean, it back around and get back on track. I will say, like their new show Helix, right? It's not for me. I Ugh, tried. It's awful. I I don't like it. But I will say I. I respect it far more than a lot of the stuff they've put out. I agree. It's it's, it's clearly an attempt. It's an attempt. It's at awful, something more sophisticated. Is Haven on that? Yes, hour? Haven. I don't like Haven. Okay, but uh, but I mean, it's it's a, a friend, show. A friend of mine's the lead, Emily Rose. She's the lead, and, and she she did a pilot with me. And it and, is a show. You know, okay. it's it's not schlock, but it's just not for me. What is? Is it a procedural? No, it's like a. It's an adaptation of a Stephen King short story that um, somehow got stretched out into four seasons. So. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, skeleton well, crew. You know, it's... I mean, we all know it's hard to freaking make a good TV show. At, it is. But, uh, but and, they need to go dig yeah. deep and find some good creators yeah. to, and I mean, pay some money. It like costs my money. thing with Helix is that I watched it, and for me, it was just a show that was just plot. And there was absolutely, like, I couldn't connect with any of the characters. I didn't no. see any personality anywhere. They also were making the dumbest decisions on yeah. the face. I mean, bad writing. Everyone was just, doing things because they needed somebody to do something. Yeah. yeah. Worst you know? writing ever, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, that's, anyway. that's one of the smartest things. I, I'm just, it's funny. Kat and I have been watching Breaking Bad. We binge watched the entirety of the show up until the final five episodes. And <laughs> we've had those final five episodes for, like, six months. And both of us are, like, you know, we've eaten too much dark chocolate. Like, oh, it's too... Yeah, you so. feel bad for liking it so much, but it's just so well done. I'm waiting, yeah. <laughs> just waiting for the end of it. But that show, every single moment that anybody does is a is a character driven moment, yeah. and you feel like it comes out of who they are and what they think. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, you know, sure, you know, some people might say something slipped here and there, but in general, you can't say that those characters were weren't acting like Themself. human beings yeah, exactly. and yeah. themselves. Uh, yeah, I mean. Helix, uh, they bring a team of scientists in to figure out why there's an outbreak in a in a station in the out in the middle of nowhere, and no one asks, "What research are you doing here?" I'm not See, setting foot in here unless you tell me. Yeah. Until like f- six episodes in, someone goes, "I need to know what's going on in here." I'm like, yeah. "Really? See, How about five minutes in?" And, and wouldn't that get everybody on the page a whole bunch more and yeah. tell you a whole bunch about that character? Yeah, if they got got in and and they were like, "Look, you can you can 
I'm not. You can stovepipe my career. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not going in a hole in the ground until I know. Until what's I going. know what's going on. Yeah, and you go. I'm up. That dude's smart. <laughs> right. Our our lead character is smart. He does exactly what I would do. And then right around that, right. how would a bad guy get around that? Mm-hmm. A smart, intelligent bad guy, yeah. and that's yeah. good storytelling. Not well, we're just going to walk in here and monsters are going to chase us yeah. down for f- six episodes yep. before you ask why there's they monsters. Had one character on there that was smart. And somewhat sassy, and they killed her in <laughs> the episode four. And then I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, the one character I liked and connected with is gone. I have no reason to tune in again. Oh, boy. So, All right. Anyway. Thanks. Uh, any other um, news? Uh, I'm newsed out. Donnie? I've been buried. Mindy? <laughs> I had one more little thing. Just, sure. And this may be old news, but that um, they are planning to do a Dr. Horrible sequel. Oh, really? Oh, that is old news. That is very good news. Well, and, and I think it's, it sounded like old news because it was like, um, yes, 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 we're still planning to do this. But, you know, Josh has had a hectic couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, um, I think Jed and his wife are working on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, they created like Agents that, of so, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all of the all of the creators are really busy, and they were like, oh, you know, and I think some of the actors have other things they're acting in right yeah. now. Marissa, so they, they, it's here and there awesome. to their hearts, and they do plan to do it. It's just kind of a question of when. Yeah, Marissa, yeah. Marissa was huge in tweeting out the, the world of Steam and getting us out there in the, yeah. in the first place. I, but it's just I, a matter I of time before they kind of feel like doing a musical again. Yeah. It was a passion or project for them. So. Yeah, exactly. I think we're, the reason why this ended up as being kind of news with this mm-hmm. week is that they were addressing it again. Right. In other words, they were saying we haven't forgotten about it. Right. You know, we're, but here's the reasons why. Has anybody seen Joss Whedon's uh, Shakespeare? No, it's, I haven't. It's black and white. I really did. Somebody said it was his best film ever. So, you know, it was really kind well, of interesting. Shall we move on to our main topic? Then? Let's sure. move on. Um, okay. So on to our main topic. Yeah, which is actually going to be marriage and families yes. in sci-fi and geekdom. Right. Relationships. Enjoy. Relationships. Now, this, Don, was inspired by uh, a online discussion in the Geeks On Facebook page. Right. And I actually don't remember what it was started by. Well, it was started about um, someone posted that the Alec Baldwin, the guy who was in uh, Firefly yeah. and... That he apparently is not the most sensitive to... Uh, not Alec Baldwin. Not... What's his name? No, the other one. Alan Baldwin? He's not Adam. a Baldwin brother. Baldwin Adam. something. He is Baldwin. He played Jane on, Star- yeah, on Firefly. What's that guy's name? I thought it was Adam Baldwin. Adam, Adam, Adam Baldwin. Baldwin. Adam, yeah. right. Uh, apparently he is not uh, super sensitive to the gay marriage... Uh, <laughs> I don't think it was gay marriage. It was a, no, it was gay marriage. It was an marriage. abortion thing, wasn't it? No, no it was no, gay no, marriage. No, no. Was and gay. it started a... He said, dis- what's to stop uh, parents? What's to stop... Uh, Animals from uh, marrying... No, pa- you know, a father from marrying from his son, son so that the guy could... Ad- get a tax... Get a tax break or... Yeah. Right. Or avoid oh, inheritance taxing. Yeah. And in one of the longest Facebook threads in uh, Geeks On uh, history, yeah. um, there was a discussion about uh, essentially... Uh, the definition of marriage and where you draw lines and all this stuff. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I always just assume if you ask that question that you want to marry your daughter, so she doesn't want, so she can inherit your stuff. Right. Well, that, yeah, no, that was, 
I mean, if you make that statement, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Well, they're saying that could happen to That was one of the things that was brought up. It was, yes, that's an argument. It's the only way it would cross your mind. Well, what he, what he, what Adam Baldwin was saying, he said, he said, well, what's to stop fathers from marrying their sons for blah, 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 blah. You know, he's claiming pedophilia. And then people said, well, why don't we talk about anybody who marries their daughter for the same reason? So. I mean, literally, that's the only reason why it would ever cross your mind. Nevertheless, a bunch of geeks started um, bashing bashing on the topic of marriage and or bashing uh, at the topic of marriage. Yeah, Uh, I mean, there was find the truth somewhere in there. Right. And this was kind of this is not based off of that discussion. This was more kind of a a spin off of that discussion. We decided to take it as a uh, launching point to discuss how science fiction fantasy superheroes there's been so much discussion about traditional marriage in the united states right in sci-fi we've actually seen a lot of pushing of what is marriage what is a relationship how do do futurists and fantasy authors or writers or tv right and we're gonna have to expand this out of the word marriage because you know um that doesn't make any sense to an alien maybe yeah, and so and the family unit expands. The family that. unit yeah. then is what we might be Pon talking far, about. Aaron. Pon far. He's <laughs> anti-alien marriage. For example, <laughs> for example, um, cross race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spock's yeah. Uh, All father. of Star Trek. Right. All of Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, interracial marriage takes on a whole new thing when we're talking. Yeah, we're not. We're not talking about eye color and skin color here. We're talking some serious shit going down. My favorite one is is between Worf and the Trill. Pardon me, I cannot remember her name. Played by uh, Dax. Yeah, Uh, Worf and Dax, and how when Dax, because Dax is is a is is a bug, is a bug, a a symbiote, a symbiote. Uh, when the initial Dax dies, it ends up in a different Dax. And the there's Dax a whole question a of whether or not the marriage is still legitimate and whether or not, that's they happened still, a couple times whether or not they're still in love. And, now, wait a know. minute. I, pardon me. I didn't see the episode. But the Dax dies or the host of the, the host Dax of the Dax dies? Okay. And they so manage the Dax to goes to a new host and it's yep. still the same. I think, you're, I, I think Matt's a confusing two stories about no. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Beverly Crusher had a uh, a lover who was a man. And I actually have you're both right, but wasn't who, who's Beverly, the old in, man in who's Star the, Trek the the Next Generation? Yes, yeah, was the first time we meet Dax. Yeah, Beverly Crusher falls in love with a male host. Uh-huh. They have an entire episode together, and then the host dies. Yes. I thought it was Deanna. No, Beverly, no Crusher. Beverly Crusher. And then she gets put into a female host. Right. At and which then, point Beverly Crusher's like, nah, I'm outie. Yeah, right. you got the wrong parts. Right, yeah. Um, but they then, have a kiss at the end of it. And then, and yeah. then in the first episode when Worf joins the crew, mm-hmm. he refers to Dax as being the old man. Yes. Right? The old man. Um, no, no, no. That's Cisco. Uh, oh, that's, that's, oh, no, that's Cisco. Cisco, Cisco right. refers right. to Dax as old man because he knew right. Dax as old man. Um, but, uh, the, but Worf falls in love with Dax. Yes. Right? And in that, and we already in have... In a female host? Yes, in yeah. a female host. At that point, we already have an interesting... Uh, futuristic relationship because what we have is in some ways a polyamorous relationship by -hmm. some definitions because we have man man, and then host host and symbiote Symbiote. although the host has always said that it has no sex the, the Dax, sorry, the symbiote, sorry, has, the no symbiote has no sex so it's really not and it could be argued that the symbiote and the host is one one 
Right. And is the host sentient? While yes, the host is the 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 symbiote and the host relationship in Deep Space Nine with men. You should watch. Um, they, I, they, I've, uh, I've seen it. It's been years, though. They yeah. basically have a relationship where um, the host race it coexists on on that planet, mm-hmm. and they they are very flattered by being chosen they to be a on. host for a trill. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. But then if I recall correctly, and I'm sorry, I'm in the same boat as Mindy. Mm-hmm. If I recall correctly, the actress left the, left show, the show to do a comedy show. replaced the actress. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> With another actress. So the host gets replaced. Right. Mm. And the symbiote supposedly continues on in the new host. Right. Mm. And Worf doesn't know how to deal. Mm. Okay. Convenient for Hollywood. Which movies. I thought was a yeah. fantastic. So it's almost like they took the first next gen episode and expand, expanded, expanded yeah. it into a kind of a larger yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, okay. So we jumped right into it, but uh, man, I don't know how to ta- tackle this without jumping around. Jump, jump around. Well, let's. Talk I mean, about- I, we could talk Stranger in a Strange Land if you want to talk about as far as as far as I well, know. Well, I mean, back. that's our first taste of polyamory. Right. Okay. So right. Heinlein seems to have liked this. Yeah. yeah. Well, theme. polyamory is probably one of our first uh, first tastes of alternative lifestyles right. in sci-fi. And mm-hmm. the fact that this came out yeah. in the '60s, and he's really, you know, and yeah. this really became sort of a counterculture book. Right. You know. Well, and Don, do you want to give a, a like a solid definition of polyamory so we're all on the okay. same page? Right. So polyamory is basically a relationship that, by definition, just involves more than two people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually, I mean, I think the traditional thought is usually, I think most people tend to think of it as one man, multiple women. But in reality, it actually just means many individuals. Right. Um, right. The most, All within one relationship. Yeah. The most recent example of it on TV that I can think of is actually in Caprica, um, mm. where the villain, the villain in Caprica was this headmistress character um, who is involved in a relationship with four husbands and three wives and a platoon of children. Mm-hmm. And the big conspiracy of bad guys actually involves only several of the people in that relationship. They're like several of the husbands and wives don't know the evil conspiracy that the rest of them are involved with and are innocent of the crime that they're committing. So there's a lot of politics going on in the family. It's yeah, not just, but they all love each other. Right. So when well, it's, sort of... It's, oh, sorry. Sorry, no. So when the crime goes down, what do you do to the family unit? You know, that, that whole thing happens. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ben. Well, well, it's interesting because it's it's not really a sci-fi idea, though. It's such an ancient idea. It's a exactly. tribal idea. You know, it's it's the whole the Amazons. It's the mm-hmm. um, like even in Clan of the Cave Bear, you're talking any any man could have any woman, and you know, it was just kind of a free for all. Yeah, polyamory is probably the closest definition of biblical marriage we're going to find. You Pretty know, much. It's it's uh, as many wives as you can handle, you know. Your wife, your brother's wife. Once he's dead, you know, your wife's handmaiden. Yeah. Well, you know what, what's okay, okay. So you know, back when there was plenty of struggle, we grouped together in ways to survive, and I think right. this is the the uh, genesis of of the way uh, humans have society because of we survive better that way. Otherwise, right. we'd all be loners. So. When we stop needing that specifically to survive so much, then 
is the reason why that type of thing is being addressed in science fiction because maybe it starts breaking back down so you don't you don't need to rely on strong couple bonds well there's a different type of polyamory that's coming up in science fiction right now that's uh playing on certain fears of reproductive issues that we've got right now mm-hmm. like we're seeing a lot of more sterility showing up in both guys and women that we don't understand so we're seeing things like handmaid's tale right and right children of men exactly so like in handmaid's tale for people who haven't read the books or seen the movie the premise is fewer and fewer people are fertile mm-hmm. right so in handmaid's tale women who can reproduce become a state-controlled resource that are issued to couples when those couples are approved to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and they become sort of this licensed resource that join their marriage for a period of time to have a child mm-hmm. and then are returned to the state after that time. Cool. I haven't read Hamid Cell. It's very interesting. What about the, uh, uh, I mean, this is only partly related. What's the, uh, what's the comic where the, uh, a man is the the last man on the planet. Oh, why the last man? Last man, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've I have only glossed through through that, but un, that's the same type of deal where the survival that's, is kind of a different. Yeah, takes on a different. You know, it's like the opposite. I like that book, but I sort of snickered my way through it because it's it sort of felt like you know a little bit like the, the frat boys take on you know best day ever. Well, I no. heard it actually wasn't like that. Well, no, it, it was it, like no because there, there's a sort of zombie esque atmosphere to it as well. But <laughs> I mean, well, Zombies yeah, where the breakdown women. of society and you know everything's yeah. in ruins. Yeah. But but it you know all he runs into are hot women. <laughs> I mean, well, I just find it. I I do find it interesting that you know. It seems to end up in a lot of science fiction. Yeah. Well, what's interesting is the Robert Jordan books, which Mindy and I bonded over, has a huge polyamorous relationship throughout the whole thing. And it's very, it's interesting, it's introduced like sort of book six or seven, but the main character just keeps on falling in love with different women. And eventually he has strong relationships with three of them and gets married to three of them and their sort of quote-unquote bond, their their magic bond actually ends up helping him in a certain way through it. It's, so it's interesting. When, when, you, when you read something like that, do you, how does that affect your opinion about the characters? If, if I read a historical, mm-hmm. uh, if I read a historical figure had uh, several wives or they had, you know, two wives, two husbands, you don't judge them the same way because you go, oh, okay, well, you know, back yeah. uh, back then. But these days, if you know, if I came up and said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm marrying, uh, I'm marrying that guy over there and these two women, you'd be like, hmm, Aaron's got to go some counseling. Like, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you think is the difference? Because I am serially monogamous, uh, I've noticed because the span of the Robert Jordan books is. 20 years 15 years something like that took him to finish the whole series and then die and have brandon sanderson continue it um i found that generally i had the same reaction towards the character was like pick pick one so you are bringing that to the character pick a girl pick one of the women pick one and stick with her you're so old-fashioned but (laughs) over time and after because i've read the series a number of times the one who I thought he should pick changed. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. So, what about know. you, Mindy? Like, you know, does that type of thing, if you read that type of thing, is that like kind of trip you out? 
Well, any of these examples. It's been so long since I've read Jordan. I honestly don't remember the the details. Um, What Matt's describing sounds vaguely familiar. Did you finish the series? Um, No, I I haven't. You should should finish the series. Last last two, three books are worth it. Yeah, but I have to start over and, and... you know, last time I read the entire series, it was like a year year long commitment, and then I didn't have kids, so um, <laughs> it'll happen. Just just not yet. Um, I don't know. It, it's it really does depend on the context and the setting. You know, like, like I mentioned earlier, reading something like Clan of the Cave Bear, while I might find it um, incredibly barbaric and old fashioned, it's set in prehistoric times, so I can't really judge the characters on their actions. Well, Outlander uh, has a has a polyamorous relationship. Well, kind of. I mean, it's a big big spoilers, but I mean, this this woman is married in 1945, and she travels back in time to um, the 1700s and ends up with with marrying another man. Hey, what happens um, in the 1700s stays in the 1700s. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Vegas. True. <laughs> well, but then she ends up going back, and when you when she went back, it was like. Okay, well now I I feel obligated to my first husband, but I I really now I'm much more attached to my second husband who I feel like is still alive except now I'm in the future so I know he's dead and it, it was just it's a very because of the whole time rift, you know, no I I didn't find it weird. It was incredibly awkward. Um <laughs> but you know, you're not judging her for being a polygamist because she's in a situation where it's it's a really extenuating circumstances, and her first husband didn't even exist yet. She you know she didn't have much of a choice. I totally feel like it's where science fiction you know because sci- good science fiction is about asking the great party question, you know like you have not, you have to blow up a ship and it's full of kids, you know. Right. No, well, no. Okay, well, one person on that ship can kill the entire human race. Well, of course. well, okay, one of the kids on the ship is one of yours, you know. Right. I, mean, I just you keep on asking the bigger and bigger party questions. So in a way, I feel like. This is sci-fi's way of asking the the embarrassing party question. It was like, you know, so who's on your list? You know, who do you get to cheat with if, you know... <laughs> if you're time traveling. <laughs> if you're time traveling. Yeah. Like, you say yeah. you went back in time, you know, right, yeah. and you run into Chris Hemsworth. And that's, often, <laughs> you know? that's often, I find, the flaw with sci-fi's take on polyamory. Right. Is that it's often just sort of the... The, the fantasy aspect of it. Right. It's just, mm-hmm. you get to bang around with a whole bunch of chicks. Yeah. That, that's and the, that's not... That's kind of my issue with Robert yeah, Jordan. Yeah, is the question. My, well, my thing with Robert Jordan is he literally ends up with a blonde brunette and a redhead. And it's like, uh, really? Somehow. <laughs> well, you want to diversify. <laughs> well, I don't know. I You know, I think yeah. a lot of the stuff we've brought up has been... I think that it was... It, it's so here brought, was, here's a polyamorous relationship that is not sexy. Okay. Okay. Um, there was a movie uh, starring Meg Ryan and Alec Guinness. Uh, oh, no, excuse me. Whoa. Alec Baldwin. Whoa. I was like, whoa, Baldwin. whoa. Alec Baldwin. <laughs> okay. Okay, Prelude to a Kiss. Right. I find uh, you the two to of be them are quite married, cute. And then all of a sudden, uh, the day after their marriage, uh, Meg Ryan starts acting very strangely. Um, and he stays with her, but she's acting really weird. And then he notices there's this old man who just keeps lurking around outside the apartment, like, watching him. Mm-hmm. Right? And what he eventually figures out is something happened after his wedding day where Meg Ryan and the old man switched bodies. Mm-hmm. So the wife that he fell in love with is trapped in the body of the old man. Mm-hmm. And the woman he's been spending his honeymoon with is the old man. Mm-hmm. Is this How polyamory odd. or just wasn't, being wasn't deceived? Wasn't originally on Broadway? Yes, it was a play on Broadway and then it was released as a movie. Right? How odd. Well, this is... 
What, what, what film is, is that? This? this is kind of a deception. Huh? What, what, what film is that? Prelude to a Kiss. Prelude to a Kiss. I haven't, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen that. I saw this a long time ago. Um, this and is, is it, is it resolved? Is it true? And is it resolved? It is resolved. There's this full movie, full story. All the uh, way I got to watch Prelude to a Kiss now. Yeah, I've never but, seen Prelude. So but this sounds like the, I didn't realize between, that was the, the premise of Prelude to a Kiss. Yeah, it's the full love story between him, his wife's body, and his wife inside a body he finds completely physically repulsive. Interesting. Um, and the, the old man inside his wife's body is sort of like, you want to do me? Let's do it. Right. So it ends up, it does end up being a kind of a a relationship between the three. Yes. Okay. You know? Interesting. Um, So it's... It's kind of the trill thing, essentially. It's a take on the trill. Let's call it the the trill... uh, Let's call it the the trill paradox. But let's face it, that's something sort of not Mm -hmm. sexy about this relationship, (laughs) you know? (laughs) That's nothing no one's going to fantasize about. Yeah, true. You know? Hmm. Um, All right, let's move on from... Polly and just try something unless you've got some other things to talk about I wanted to bring up a point you know we were talking about awkwardness and and I find um, as a modern reader you know you look at shows like Game of Thrones where there there are lots and lots of children and the idea uh, during difficult historic times was you had a lot of children because odds were most of them would die at some point Um, but if I read modern tales where there are lots and lots of children, I get uncomfortable <laughs> because I find that really sort of culturally and environmentally irresponsible. Mm. And I, hey. I read, I read, <laughs> you got three. I'm talking like you know. <laughs> three is lots and lots of children. Trust me. <laughs> I grew up around families with seven to twelve. Oh lord, I can't hey. even imagine. Okay, we we knew a guy in Costa Rica who was one of twenty five. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Like it was your poor mother. That's I multiple mean, litters. If you need to buy yes, a school well, bus, yeah, they, she did you need have to multiple, multiple births. But, oh, my um, but God, still, that's like, like Genghis Khan. Keep the woman alone. Come on. <laughs> but it's one woman? Yeah. It's just oh, Actually, it's so wrong. This wow. kind of, and this, he was, yeah. Anyway. This kind of um, brings up, oh, go ahead, Mindy. Oh, but no, I, I read this series, boy, probably the early 90s, mid-90s, um, by Anne McCaffrey um, called The Tower and the Hive or yeah. the, the Rowan series. Mm-hmm. And because um, it was set in outer space and they had been sent to colonize it, so at, they had a responsibility to have as many children as possible. So I think this this family had like 12 children and it became the stories of all the children. But even that made me a little uncomfortable because it was a modern story with, you know, you're supposed to have as many kids as you can, and I find that to be such an antiquated notion. It does bring up the subject of a lot of these futuristic relationships where reproduction is the goal of all relationships mm-hmm. or reproductive control. Mm-hmm. You know, we already talked about say a very ancient idea. Exactly. Let me bring up one that's related that will link this. Is mm-hmm. uh, I read? Um, have you guys read uh, Forever War? No. No. Great what? book. What? Uh, I read a book I read. Uh, it uh, was written in the uh, early 70s. Uh, it's a great book because it's all about time dilation and be a soldier going through, fighting a war, dealing with time dilation. Forever war? Yeah. So anyway, part of his problem is that every time he travels to a distant planet to fight this uh, race of, of beings, he returns to Earth and Earth is like 100 years past. Oh. Like it only took like, you know, two years for him, but it's 100 years. And he keeps going back to Earth, thinking he's gonna like quit the you know the the army, and he's like it just keeps changing, getting weirder and weirder. 
And at one point, he decides he's just through with it. He's gonna. He says, "I'm gonna go back to Earth. I'm gonna find, you know, find somebody, get married, have kids, and just leave this war behind me." And someone says, "Well, you're gonna, you're, you're hetero, right?" And he said, "Yes." He goes, "Well, you're gonna find it uh, a little difficult because about sixty or seventy years ago, Earth had a." population problem and the governments now this is where it got a little cringeworthy because the early 70s i think just had kind of had this wrong but the governments encouraged homosexual behavior to keep the population down and 80 years later everybody's gay (laughs) and so in fact they they end up calling him queer for the rest of the book he's kind of the queer because he's the straight guy um, but I thought it was interesting that this book brought up this way <laughs> it of sounds like it sounds like a like a final paper written for your sci-fi class. <laughs> it's in, it's universe. It is a dated dated science fiction. is worth reading, but it 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 brings up interesting points. And I thought the way they did it was an interesting <laughs> that is way. Such a conversation somebody had when they were high. <laughs> <laughs> I said early something. What if you were the clear it's the one? World, yeah, it's the world where reproductive control a reproductive has yes, taken exactly. over. It's know, just kind of the reverse yeah. of what you were saying in a way. No, exactly. Yeah. You know, but well, another that's one, also like one that, of the, fu- the functions of sci-fi too is to is to flip the norm on its head, right? Right, and to say, okay, so what if what if the what world if? were opposite? Another one like that where I think it just <laughs> the rest of the movie overshadowed this one tiny aspect of that is Logan's Run, mm. right? Where I don't think anyone necessarily noticed, but Logan's Run has nurseries. Right. They don't have children in Logan's Run. Right. People have babies. They give them away, mm-hmm. right? Um, wool, which you brought up earlier, Mindy. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Uh, children are like people are licensed to have children. Right. Yeah. Your marriage has to be approved, and then yep. then you're in the lottery for having children. But it's technically chosen by the computer. Exactly. Now, it's interesting in that in, you know this this brings up the point like when when fertility is being controlled or removed, how does that what does that say about coupling up? Does that start breaking down? Yeah. In these examples, mm-hmm. you know, well, like in Wool, there's there's one character who had. It was basically an unlicensed marriage, and so she, it was it was a, a romantic relationship on the side, and she sort of considered herself married, but they never officially were, and so then they couldn't enter the lottery, and they couldn't have kids, and every woman had a sterilization thing in her hip mm-hmm. to yep. prevent, you know, accidental children. Yep, and there there were just a lot of negatives to being in that unlicensed relationship, right? You know, which in some ways seemed to me seemed like a little bit of a side statement to, uh, you know, uh, the second class marriages in modern society of, of like civil unions and all that sort of stuff. I can't remember um, exactly if they had marriages in that Woody Allen movie Sleeper. But remember, they had the orgasmatron. So they mm-hmm. weren't even having sex touching anymore. Right. And I can't remember what they did with the relationships there. I know. I, I know that they, the marriages. babies were delivered, I think, in that. Yeah. So yeah. that was another one. <laughs> it's a great movie. Well, and Demolition Man has the same um, 
you know, sexless sex scene yeah. where it's all mental and he goes to kiss her and she's like, hey, uh, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, I forgot That's about right. that. One of, uh, one of my favorite authors, we've interviewed him on the show. You can go back and listen to the episode. Uh, David Brin. Uh, he Smart wrote guy. A, he's a <laughs> blindingly <laughs> sharp dude. Uh, but he wrote a, a book called Glory Season. And glory glo- season? Glory season. And glory season is basically an entire population of women. And they've, uh, they're in control. And they've evolved the society to where um, women basically get very hot and bothered and into it during the summer months. Mm-hmm. And men get hot and bothered and into it in the winter months. And ne'er the twain shall meet. Mm, that's um, a problem. And so primarily um they've managed to do this to try and keep the male populace from being a you know from com- committing sort of sexual based evil but so they've pushed the genetics of the they so pushed, that so that they yeah once the, the women are all over the men and the men can't be bothered they will like not no interest um and uh Mindy? Yeah, I'm back. Okay. Right, okay. Last I last I heard was Matt saying something about men get hot and bothered in the winter months. Yeah, so the men get hot and bothered in the summer months, women can't be bothered and, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But they basically create the society where the women have um cloned everyone. So you, you, the relationships are much more important between siblings in terms of family in, in, than, than they are anywhere else. And your relationship with your overall family that way is, is, is much wider. And it's interesting because the whole story, uh, until you do something really cool, you don't get the right to reproduce. Right until your mm-hmm. your your genetics, you, you invent something new, or what, oh, the, so you kind of earn like credit, like reproduction credits, exactly, reproductive like, meritocracy, re- exactly, right. re- total reproductive meritocracy. But because this girl is born a twin, it already seems like she and her twin are part of that that, that meritocracy, and so it's oh, how, so she's how they use it to sort of they assume that they did something really cool, uh, really or cool. Whatever it is. Yeah, it's a very very interesting book. So that's interesting. If we remove the, if we remove like sex out of these groupings, then, then we're getting to weird stuff. Like if you just, do you just stick with your family? Do right. you just, are you getting that connection elsewhere? Elsewhere. Is mm-hmm. that important at all? Then it gets into kind of really weird territory. Well, there is another trope in science fiction with alien crossbreeding mm-hmm. where sex is removed. There's a, um, there's a, a series of books called the Xenogenesis books by Octavia Butler, where uh, basically a third gender of alien species mm-hmm. is introduced hmm. that becomes necessary for human reproduction. Interesting. If you don't have that third gender, you ain't going to have a kid. Right. So, right. you know, that, there's that. Uh, in Deep Space Nine, you have um, Odo who is technically sexless. Right. Mm-hmm. So relationship with him technically could be with anyone mm-hmm. of any species. He's, he's sort of the ultimate bisexual. Uh, Mass Effect. You mm-hmm. have that species of, of course, female-appearing uh, races that don't have any sort of sexuality, but right. notice they're always female-looking. Right. You can't have a male-looking race. That's Yes, exactly. You know, I, I guess technically they do, Easier but of course swallow. they're completely... The, the big... Uh, block-like race. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're technically sexless, no, but they're all male. Right, right. But that's because they killed all the females. Yeah, so that's different. But 
you know. Um, there's a big trope in science fiction of the all-female Amazon race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's exactly what it is, is that yeah. we're, we're, we're hearkening back to Amazon. All right, let's Amazon. talk about... It's non- the Amazons. Let's yeah. talk about non-traditional, meaning different races. Now, one of the reasons why I bring this up is because you hear all the times like, well, why can't you just then marry your dog? Right. Okay. Very ridiculous, right? Okay. Okay. But let's say we extend this to science fiction. Right. Why is it weird that we, you don't, you don't, you know, it, to marry your dog and immoral? Well, okay. it's because the dog doesn't know what's going on, right? And it's very different than us. Right. Now, we're okay with this, including children's movies. You see things like Beauty and the Beast. Now, Beauty and the Beast, I'm telling you, is... Is a movie about bestiality? Well, I'm comfortable with this. I'm just saying, this is, you know, we have this all the time. In science fiction, we have Vulcans and humans right. getting together. Now, it's close enough. So we what I always love about Are the, you going to suggest the, that Han Solo did the Wookiee? All I'm saying is, is that this comes up all the time and we don't bat an eye. Mainly it's because that if they're intelligent enough, we're, we seem yeah. okay with it. As long as there's consent. Is that what I'm... Yeah, that's what right. we're kind of agreeing to. I'd say consent and beauty. No. No, because I think he is right. I do think he's right because, at for least example, terms- we, we freak out with age, right? No, I disagree because uh, I, I could imagine a love story between a man and his computer. Yeah. You know, and there's no her. beauty there. Yeah, her. Yeah, the yeah. voice was very beautiful. But no, if he talked like you, this, we'd go, that guy's a weirdo. No, I, I could imagine it if it was just text on the screen. Okay, I could here, imagine okay, that. okay, how about this? Right now, if, a, if an 89-year-old man marries a 23-year-old woman, we would go, what is wrong here, right? Now, if the trill is 300 years old and in the beautiful woman's body, we're okay with some young person marrying him as long as she looks like she's 23. But, hey, old man. Yeah. No, we're it, okay. it, it, Beauty is a big part of that. Well, no, I, I haven't seen Harold and Maude, but Aaron mentioned that, you know, if an 89-year-old was with a 23-year-old, we'd have issues with that. But um, And that's the point of the movie is people were yeah. like, this is gross. Yeah. Yeah, but, but uh, there but was a consensual relationship and, you, you know, know, they were fine with it. Yeah. But what Matt yeah. was bringing up is it does have to do with beauty. Yeah, they, it, you know, I think beauty and youth beauty really... makes it mainstream understandable, but I don't think I don't think uh, a lack of conventional beauty puts it completely uh, in left field. You know, I think uh, work, for example, if if uh, I think lack of humaniform makes it very difficult for us to understand that I will agree with you on if if the. You know, the hot 23-year-old brings in a horse and says she's going to marry it, and the horse has a human brain and can talk like Mr. Ed. Mm -hmm. I think all of us are still going to be looking at this going like, there's something wrong here, and I'm not entirely comfortable with Are you okay with Belle mirroring Chewbacca? Well, <laughs> just as much or, as the beautiful strapping I would beast. probably be like standing next to him with like a big can of Barbasol and a razor blade before I'd like I'd, I'd well, be wanting to make some alterations or, well I'm just saying that you know I think that uh, I think the race thing is glossed over right. in science fiction especially in things like Star Trek yes. as long as it's just a, a bridge uh, uh, you know uh, but well, I think Star uh, Trek makes it very easy to gloss over it yeah, but let, yes. let, let's talk fanfic, fan fiction for a second <laughs> okay. and, and progeny <laughs> 
you know, there ain't one of us who hadn't played a half elf at some point. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and but if notice talk- not one of us have ever played a half dwarf, right? Yeah, exactly. Half dwarves rarely happen. Yeah, half orcs Beauty. happen. Half orcs happen, and let me tell you, they always got a really ugly head with a banging body. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like incredibly in shape. They look like She Hulk. Yeah, or He Hulk. You know, it's it's. Just- what if you? What was the? What's the book? The uh, what's the uplift series called? Uh, uplift, uplift. Well, okay. what do you mean? Star Tide Rising. The first is that one? what it is. The first first Star Tide one? Rising is the first. Now, yeah. so they're taking these animals, mm-hmm. Earth animals, and uplifting them. And uplifting so they're now yeah. intelligent. Uh, yes. How did did they address any type of cross? They're not. They're not cross relationships. You know, because humans are viewed as sort of. Um, uh, as uh, almost godlike within within that oh, world, so they, it's, okay. it's like you're, okay. it's, it's it's early uplift. Yeah, well, it's it's more like uh, it's more like Frankenstein and his creator. Mm, there's just okay, a sense okay. that you created me, so there's a weird like we shouldn't do that thing. But there are, is attraction between the two, like especially between the the dolphins and the humans, where it's like, wow, you're amazing, you're mm-hmm. amazing. But there's no real like sense of relationship that comes out of that. Like so. I wonder, you know. I wonder if, if 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 an alien who landed on this planet now, mm-hmm. a group of aliens, if they if someone fell in love with another alien like V, right? Would we see backlash about non traditional? Of course. Oh yeah. No, and I'm not talking about just well, racist. I mean, what like, if the alien looked like ET and you know wasn't humanoid? No, because I think the whole thing is it's the element of fantasy. Mm -hmm. You know, there's if there's no element of fantasy to it, it doesn't execute. Yeah, right. You know, if if the okay, let's put it this way: if the sci-fi is being written by part of the yiffing community, (laughs) right, you're going to have some fox on man action going on in your sci-fi. That's going to happen. I really hate myself knowing what. Ifing means. <laughs> I didn't actually. I'm glad you're. I go really? ahead and Google it, boys and girls. I wish that was don't knowledge. Google it. That do was not a- Google it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Especially well, I mean, if you're underage, do not go Google. If that. you think about it, there's there's the 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 Japanese guy who married his pillow. His does it have a I hole have drilled into it? Yes, I have a four bar. Now it does. So something weird is going on. <laughs> okay, so we're back. Yeah. So okay, so Matt looked it up. Then I it really it up. is there's a, really uh, a Japanese okay. man who married his body pillow with the Japanese famous Japanese anime character I printed on the side. I don't know what to make of that. See? That's I'm not science you, fiction. That that's is, weird. That is that is a that is a science fiction relationship right there. It's Somebody, an inanimate object. It can't give consent. How can it get married? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got married, so obviously. Well, I mean, you can have the ceremony, but it can't actually <laughs> okay. marry it. One thing I want to bring up, and it kind of we kind of talk, we're, we've been talking about this as if um, marriage is just solely a, uh, a function of society, a necessity of survival, but there's a lot of sa- fantasy and science fiction where marriage is cosmic. Or religious because it breaks spells, it does yeah. all that type oh, of crawl. stuff. Oh, crawl! Thank you, crawl. I well, it love crawl. Disney. We ha- will join our hands together and turn our marriage into the cosmic flamethrower that destroys <laughs> demons. <laughs> wow, I haven't seen it. You never. Oh, Mindy, Mindy, how have you never seen crawl? Don't see it, Mindy. Yeah, no, watch yeah. crawl. Go watch crawl now. It's got cyclopses with. <laughs> Horses that run on fire hooves through the sky. All right. Besides crawl, there's plenty of. 
There's plenty of Disney stories that yes. break spells. <laughs> yes. We have Star Trek people who can who it's d- done you know V'ger fusing V'ger and moving on. But that's but, not, not so much marriage. You're right. You're, Disney. That's just kissing. No, or there's love like itself, like uh, true love's first. Well, we're talking. You're specifically talking marriage breaking spells. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah the, or, the, the prophesied or rituals or completing too, like, rituals. Yeah. And like, so there's a lot of like antichrist stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, the, yeah. Bel- the Belgariad, my Rosemary's favorite. Rosemary's baby. One of my favorite childhood, uh, one of my five childhood stories. You know, the, the, the female character in that realizes when, when the main character becomes the prophesied one, when, it, when all of the things come true, she suddenly puts it all together and realizes, wait a second. I've got to marry this guy, even though I love him. And she just, her first reaction is no, <laughs> which is great. Well, in the little mermaid in the original right. story, she turns to sea foam. She, if she does, if she marries him, she does not turn to sea foam. It break it. Yeah. Right. It breaks, but it's the marriage now, that makes that happen. Right. The marriage now. And he wouldn't marry her, right? That's right. She and so she foam. turns in the sea foam. Now he's a dick. It is. <laughs> Seriously. And every one of those, it's, they, it's very traditional. Imagine working in the stuff we've talked about with the same spells and, you know, like what if, um, what if the Little Mermaid was like, eh, I'm going to marry uh, the chick over here. I'm marrying these two people. <laughs> How does it break the spell? We've never had one of those like cross. Well, they, they kind of touched on it a little bit in Frozen. In the most recent Frozen, they're, they're, they're starting a little bit of a change. Is that the whole, what breaks the spell at the very end. Okay, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen Frozen. Um, the sister gets zapped in the heart with cold magic. Mm-hmm. And what's going to break the spell is an act of true love. Okay. And so she runs off and and she's going to find the prince who she fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And that prince basically says I was <laughs> I was a, I was after you for the kingdom not for not for true love. And uh when what basically happens So well not necessarily marriage with that not story. Not necessarily marriage, but he, they were they were going for the true love aspect, which would have been the traditional mm-hmm. Disney mm-hmm. thing, and they turned well, it I'm on. I'm glad its head. they at least broke yeah. that one thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. they did that with Brave too, though. I mean, the you know there was no prince, there was no traditional relationship there. It was the oh, love between a mother and a daughter, and right. You know, she had to figure that out to break right. the spell. But there was no promise of the true love breaking the spell either. That's what I liked about Frozen was they. They had the typical Disney trope, and they said yeah. no. You know, the two Disney tropes that I love that they broke in Frozen was that one, and the fact that she falls in love with a prince in 14 seconds and goes to her sister and says, "We're going to get married." And the sister goes, "No. Are you <laughs> how an long? Idiot? How long have you known him? That's stupid." Yeah. Um, nice. No, I haven't seen it. I need to go see that one. It's interesting that. Um, it's interesting that a lot of um, like old classic uh, marriages where your family sets you up with a, another family for political purposes, right. purposes still ends up in science fiction. Something that seems ancient, yep. like I think Dune. Them, yep. Dune that's yeah. the whole premise of Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, what, are, what other... Well, well, of course. Dune is, you know, to link things up, Dune is polyamory and arranged marriage 
and interspecies relationships once you get to god emperor of doom where he becomes the worm and Mm -hmm. and and finds the way to eat the spiced yeah it's dune hits the whole (laughs) but i think it's interesting that that's still brought into the future something that seems so ancient you know game of thrones okay that makes sense of game of thrones really there's spaceships and they're still setting people up for Mm -hmm. hmm, that seems strange Mm -hmm. actually speaking of game of thrones i really love the way game of thrones deals with relationships you know that that down south the the relationship is very much uh this is what you do for your house and you see the different ways that people navigate on an individual basis how they feel with you know marjorie says i have to do this for my house but i'm gonna do it in a way that's machiavellian and that 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 is good for my house and good for me Mm -hmm. you know whereas you see sansa getting played by it whereas you see north of the wall there's this great relationship where it's like, if I want a man, this is what I do. That's what makes me a wild. And it's interesting. That almost defines the wildlings more than the fact that they're yeah. weird savages. You know, is that their, their sexual relationships yeah. and how they choose each other is wild. And but, that's actually one of the things that seems to horrify Jon Snow more than anything else. Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, but then there's the whole, you know, there's the the eastern section where you know you're still selling yeah the dothraki you're selling selling women yeah like they were property yeah and then yeah. you know now this is an example that's the of, whole her tribal mentality i mean this is an example of the sophistication of a writer who realizes that a world is different in different regions yeah. i mean the worst thing about star treks is when you land on a planet the whole planet wears the exact same costume yeah. and all look at like the right. same city right uh, they don't have anywhere they, you go. Anywhere you go, it's like that. And you know, something like this is a great example of a sophisticated writer showing you that there's five religions, five ways of being married, mm-hmm. five ways well, of yeah. you know. You know, and we're looking at this through a very U.S. lens. Oh, um, yeah. I oh, mean, definitely. you guys have a global audience. My my mother-in-law just got back from a trip to Africa, and she was just stunned. She said. Absolutely nothing was familiar. Mm-hmm. And their, their tour guide, who was this lovely young man, um, had a wife whom he adored. Um, and he was talking to her and said, you know, I'm thinking about getting another wife because it's time and it's just what I do. And, you know, my mother-in-law, being the, the spunky gal she is, was trying to talk him out of it and saying, well, have you run this by your current wife? Because I, I can tell you, despite what the culture <laughs> says, she's not going to like that. Despite the um, culture. Well, and I heard a story about the the Congo the other day, where it's just such a war torn culture that any any man can just take a woman uh, if he can catch her, basically. Right. And, I mean, there are, there are places in the world where you know we consider these either really antiquated or very sci fi, but there's it still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a uh, several places in in China I know which you know traditionally when it, you see like multiple people in a marriage it's one man several women but in china there's it's some of the land is so hard to work and they don't need children it's they don't have enough resources they have multiple husbands and one wife so are the broken branches yeah several husbands go out and work these fields which is hard as shit to get anything out of and then they don't have large families because they just can't you know sustain it so Mm. you know it's flip-flopped i hadn't heard that necessity Hmm. So anyway, you're right. Uh, we are looking at this with the with an American lens. With an American lens, I had never heard that. Well, but even in America, you know, you hear uh, there's some reality show right now. Um, 
I, I forgive me, I forget the name, but it's, it Big it's Love? about no. a something like that. It's a polygamous. Yeah, um, there's a marriage. reality show called Sister Wives. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. Sister Wives. Mm-hmm. It's one man and like three or four women, and it's it's caused Utah to call its whole polygamy laws into question because they're obviously flaunting them in a very public way, and they haven't. Nobody's gone after them. Yeah, um, just leave them alone. Well, I think that's that's what they ended up doing, but it's just Jesus. But I mean, if you hear about about things like that anymore, you you know, it's usually there's a cult setting where it's one guy and many right. wives and many children, and and it's it's very frowned upon, right? Um, in in say, a U.S. I, kind of setting, you know, living uh, living in Southern California, I know a couple polyamorous relationships at this point, and they're really? oh god, yeah, I and know, mother one. god, they are so normal <laughs> like the idea of people like coming in and trying and tearing apart those families just seems really kind of repugnant to me huh yeah well really they're sci-fi man they're sci-fi they're so not <laughs> like they're so normal well <laughs> i have a feeling this will spark some discussion on our facebook page as long as they're consenting adults what, the people on the Facebook page? Yes. They are. Yeah. As long as they consent to I be hope. on our Geeks Dear on Lord. Facebook If page. you are a consenting adult <laughs> and uh, you want to talk more about this subject, you should go to our Facebook page. Uh, we have a gr- uh, Geeks on group page, but we also uh, we, ha- we have a fan page. We also have a group page in which there's more interaction. So just mm-hmm. ask to be on there. We'll accept you, and you can join the conversation. And you can even write us. You can write us at geeks at geekson.com and that will go to all of us and yep. then we can bring it up. I'd like to do a uh, uh, a mail section just taking a male a mail section. Yeah. A mailbag uh, Yeah, we should do that episode soon. just because there's so much Although, so many of the questions have now moved to the Facebook page yeah. rather than getting them in the mail. Yeah, yeah. so we'll just check the Facebook page. Nobody writes us. <laughs> well, I, I really do like the interaction on Facebook. I know people really miss the forums. The forums just—it's just spam, spam, spam. It's like sixty or seventy yeah. things a day. It's a whole job just to keep it empty. It's just—it destroyed it, yeah. and yeah. it takes a whole person to full time job, full time job, and it's just crazy. Facebook page is a little bit more uh, controllable, so that's why. And we post fun memes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, I did finally get out that video w- about Eldritch Horror. I played it again Eldritch. last... Eldritch. 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 Yeah. Eldrick is I a guy's Eldritch. name. Yeah. There's a Eldritch. series of books and he lives in Melbourne. All right. Yeah. Well, I, I played it last night. I think I just mispronounced that. <laughs> I played it last night That's and won. That's a city won. in Australia, isn't it? You did. I won. Congratulations. First time. It was almost impossible. Yeah, I had to play it three times before I finally won that damn thing. We had played it. We've played it three times and then had to do it on the easy cards. The, yeah, we haven't even put in the hard cards yet. That game's rough. It is rough and fun as hell. It is fun as hell. It I is really fun. like it. All right. Anything else we have to say about this craziness or geeks on no. in general? Min, so. got anything? Um, no. It's been a blast talking to you guys. Woohoo! Thank you for joining Miss us, yeah. Mindy. It's about time. It is about time. And uh, 
Well, I hope you guys have a great geek week. I feel terribly literary after this episode. Yeah, we, we talked about <laughs> books. A lot this of books. I love time. it. Well, you know, and one thing we didn't really discuss was um, comic books and marriage because yeah. in in comic books yeah. uh, they've done so many revamps. They've they've all but nullified every marriage or killed off every spouse <laughs> out there. I know. If you uh-huh. get married, they're going to kill your wife, chop her up, and stuff her in a refrigerator. Yeah. And then, well, that's the problem. Then just they make have it to like res- it never happened. They have to reset yeah. the universe just so they can do it again. All yeah. of my favorite thing about the, the marriage like you remember the the spider-man mary jane episode where they where they, the huge comic where they got married oh yeah my favorite thing was when they came back from their honeymoon because spidey was just carrying in the luggage and he had like 15, 15 pieces i remember of that luggage i remember that. it was like a cover i think yeah, yeah. It was the cover. and he's carrying her in the other over arm. the threshold yeah and i just love i love it when they do ultra common things with superpowers right and i i just i loved that cover so much because i was like oh and then it all went wrong <laughs> thank you for spending more time with us here at geeks yes. thank you very much everybody have a good geek week you get out If you could see electronic, uh, like a, a like electromagnetic waves, we would be blind right now. <laughs> It'd be like someone throwing a flash grenade into this, <laughs> yeah. in this place. Well, it's like the infrared hidden planets on uh, on Cosmos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There, we just can't see them. That was a great. Actually, I thought that was a fantastic moment. Yeah. I was like, why has nobody ever done that on on Star Trek? Yeah, you know, oh. they, they 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 have this moment and. And Neil deGrasse Tyson says, human beings, they only see in a very small band of light. There are planets that appear only in the ultraviolet. There are planets that only appear in the infrared. And he flicks it into infrared, and all of a sudden this planet appears, like right in front of the viewfinder of this spaceship that we're on. And you're like, whoa. And he's like, and this is this guy's planet, and this is why it doesn't show up. And well, great. how do you know that the Star Trek viewer screen is using available light? It could be using all sorts of spectrum. Tachyon and then spectrum. I think they did do that with like, of- a Jordy LaForge episode. Because there, there should be an episode where like ships are disappearing and they don't know why and they're getting sucked into these um, planets. We're sensing a gravitational fields. wave, but we can't see. There's yeah, nothing sure they there. They just like, reverse the polarity yeah. on something and something showed up. It's they always just reverse the polarity and something yeah. showed up. It must be a black hole. Okay. <laughs> this, by the way, again, another example of what we talk about when the microphone is off. <laughs> it sounds just like an episode of Geeks yeah, On. This, this is just what we talk about. Sure.